0: Welcome to Beyond the Show, the podcast home of all things Cannabis Conference. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of the Cannabis Group at GIE Media. Just last week, Lead Maps released a sprawling data and insights report on the normalization and legalization trends of the cannabis industry. Quoting from the report here, As we take a look back at the first half of 2021, we see that the industry has truly become more professionalized. Featuring big businesses fueled by sophisticated technology platforms, expanding product category offerings, and increased consumer demand, end quote. We'll be taking a close look at the data in several ways, including in stories on CannabisBusinessTimes.com, but we wanted to start here at Beyond the Show. I spoke with Justin Dean, the Chief Technology Officer at Weedmaps, to get a peek behind the data and learn more about how the cannabis consumer experience is changing, It's a topic that merges technology, the pandemic, medical research, and much more. So please enjoy my conversation with Justin Dean. Well, Justin, thanks so much for joining the show this week. Really glad to have you aboard beyond the show and, of course, having your expertise and the whole Weedmaps perspective uh, in this conversation. I think this is going to be really great, especially with the, the recent report that Weedmaps released uh, that definitely want to encourage listeners to go check out. Um, You know, one thing I wanted to sort of start with was just this word normalization that we hear about a lot in cannabis. We've reported on this sort of vague abstract process quite a bit at cannabis business times. Um, And it's interesting to remind myself pretty regularly that it is an ongoing process, that normalization is not just uh, something that, you know, we're flipping on and off, that it's, it's it's a social process that we're seeing day in and day out. So I just wanted to maybe begin there. And from your perspective at Weedmaps, what are some of the recent signs of normalization of the cannabis industry that you've really taken notice of recently? Yeah, it definitely
1: is um, a huge component of you know, the, the efforts uh, across the nation and, and society to you know, r- remove the stigma around cannabis. And, um, you know, and, and candidly working inside of the cannabis industry, it, it, uh, oftentimes uh, it's challenging to think of it not being normal <laughs> for, for folks out there. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think we can all agree that it's still um, there's a lot of work to do on the, the breaking down the stigmas and, and normalizing it. Right. The, the way I sort of view it is, you know, first comes normalization, legalization, regulation. Right. And so that, that sort of cycle we're seeing sweep across uh, the country. And, you know, we, we definitely have some, some data that, that helps us sort of quantify what that looks like uh, in, in, um, in America right now, that we could talk about um, everything from, you know, cannabis is just going mainstream, right? And I think we can all agree that, that uh, we're on that path. Uh, one of the stats that sticks out in my mind is, is you know, 72% of cannabis consumers say that everyone or almost everyone that they know knows that they consume. And so think about that. Every, three out of every four uh, cannabis consumers is, is now to the point where they're okay with their entire you know, circle of people that know them knowing that they consume. Um, so I, I think that that sort of really uh, is, a, is a powerful stat that I don't know that, that, that we would have expected to see that. And um, you know, you, you, there's another sort of like key stat that, that I think is important here as well. It's more than half, 58% of non-consumers said that they don't mind cannabis consumers to consume in their social circles. And so, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty large number uh, across the nation, right? Like more than half of people are okay with um, people consuming,
0: yeah, those are two really good um, you know, framing devices too. You know, how 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 many people do you know in your social circle and, and how okay are you with it, even if you're not partaking per se? And, you know, I, I gather too that those stats, uh, they may vary across age groups a little bit, but, but in general, uh, cannabis normalization is, is seeping into all age demographics. And, you know, one of the ones that I think is, is almost most interesting is the one that's aging into cannabis on a daily basis, people turning 21 every day now, of course that's Gen Z. What are some of the things you're seeing in that age group that, that might tell us a bit about where cannabis is going in the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, so the, the stat that really stuck out to me for, for Gen Z is, is their, um, their consumption patterns and you know propensity to, to do online ordering you know, went up 125 percent year over year, and, and that's a pretty large number, right? Like when we, when we looked at the our Weed order data to see, you know, that section of the population growing that much, um, you know, for us as a, a technical you know solution provider and a and a marketplace um, um, provider, it, it's it we're seeing the demand grow at, at pretty large pace and they're you know doing it in a way that is um probably more comfortable to them, right? Like being, you know, growing up with technology, it probably seems a lot more normal for that age group to place an online order, you know, for, for cannabis. But but that's a pretty large number in my in my opinion. Um and, and it also you know gives us a lot of confidence, gives you know me, my organization and, and you know building products a lot of confidence that we're, we're building the right stuff, you know, building the ordering platform and and specifically the, the trend around delivery, and and more um, shift towards delivery versus in store, and seeing that Gen Z group kind of really pushing uh, pushing the of
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely some some dramatic shifts here, and you know, I myself have become a little exhausted at, at talking about uh, the pandemic for all the obvious reasons, but I did want to just bring that up because I feel like that's, you know, it seems like a a very important force over the past year and a half that that sort of fundamentally altered consumer behavior. But I also don't wanna overplay it because a lot of these trends have been in the works for a long time, either in cannabis or or outside of it. But from your perspective, um, I guess a year and a half after the world shifted, so to speak, what have been some of the lasting impacts uh, that you're seeing in terms of cannabis consumer behavior that that might be sticking around.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the data showed that you know around half, fifty percent of consumers, you know, said that their consumption increased since the start of the pandemic. You know, and, and the the consumers um, survey data, you know, came back, and and you know that that's exactly what people are saying. You know, from the start of the pandemic you know, our our consumption is on the rise, right? And obviously, we're seeing that in terms of the overall business and and the orders increases um, to support that. Being in the industry, you sort of see it um, anecdotally all over the place, right? It just feels like more people are open about it, more people are consuming, more people are looking for Solutions to everyday challenges, right? Whether that's mental health, whether that's anxiety, whether it's you know whatever the challenge might be, and they're turning to cannabis to help with those um, ailments or or to give them some relief or or whatever the reason is that they're using it. Um, and then I think com- compounded with the normalization and destigmatization, it, it's becoming just more part of the mainstream conversation. And then, you know, you see it in the numbers, right? So, you know, I, I think it's, it's um, just part of the sort of like cannabis tidal wave and, and seeing it come back in, in the data just gives us more uh, confirmation that it's, that it's not, you know, us having some sort of like confirmation bias sitting in the cannabis industry, but it's, it's actually real.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, as that momentum has picked up steam, you know, it seems like alongside that is the sort of necessary consumer education process. Uh, I'm sure plenty of consumers uh, have a fairly good grasp on on cannabis, either from past experience or um, or even through through their social circles, as as we mentioned earlier. But um, but cannabis is you know can be a fairly complicated topic, and it's evolving too, even just from product category to product category um, what are some of the ways that people are learning about cannabis? You know, I know that's kind of a, a broad question, but, um, there's certainly, you know, mainstream news articles about the industry, but it seems like a lot of times those customer touch points with retailers are almost, that's, that seems to be where the education is happening. Does that, does that track with what you guys have been seeing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's
1: definitely a complicated topic. Um, you know, one of the stats that, that I think is, is pretty telling, it's, you know, 50 percent of the folks surveyed get cannabis information and their learnings from their friends and family. Hmm. That's a pretty large number. or That's a pretty large stat, in, in my opinion. You know, it, I can't think of other things in life where you would go ask your friends and family and they would be the source of truth you know, given the last couple of decades of Google and the internet and just so vast <laughs> amount of information. It just, that, that's, um, so I, I think there's a, there's a huge opportunity there for improving the overall, you know, education process within cannabis. And, you know, I think that there's, you know, obviously, you know, um, Weedmaps in, in our particular platform, you know, we're addressing that in, in, you know, many different ways, one of which is, you know, WM Learn and really our, our, we're trying to put as much, you know, educational information on the platform as possible, um, and and really trying to meet everyone where they're at. You know, I, I personally, you know, experience it a lot where there's, you know, depending on where someone is in their cannabis lifecycle, let's call it. You know, they may have just a, a different um, perspective of cannabis, of the products, of what they do, the impact of them. you know, and, and, and it's, it's a lot to try to educate someone on the, the vast amount of um, permutations and details all at once. So having, you know, specific content, you know, learn related for, you know, all different walks of life, I think it becomes pretty critical, you know, and, and, and so it, the other thing I think is important is, there's so many. There's so much misinformation out there as well. You know, there that people can get lost. You know, there's every version of sort of um, argument out there. Whether you, you know something as as simple as you know what impact will this particular strain have on me is extremely hard to answer. Right, and and maybe it's not answerable. You know, unless you have all of the information about the particular person and all of the, you know, information about the particular genetics and makeup of of the plant um, or of that strain. And so I think that adds to the, the overall complexity. And so ultimately, you know, what we're trying to do is ensure that we make our platform, you know, easy to, you know, very approachable easy to navigate, easy to understand, you know, what information is relevant to you and where you are on your knowledge base and your comfort level with cannabis. And then once you're in that, you know, ready to to purchase or, you know, getting a little ticket to the next step, making sure that the data is, you know, robust enough so that you can learn about the individual products that you may want to buy or consume. Right. And, and so, we're, you know, for us, that what that what that looks like is, you know, us trying to, you know, I, before, before I go into this, like just level set real quickly on, you know, the state of the cannabis industry at large when it comes to, you know, data normalization is pretty, pretty early stages. And so providing a platform where we're continually trying to get more and more and more depth of our data around all of the products, you know, the makeup of a product. Give, give you a simple example there, um, our you know, taxonomy and like the attributes that, that we could care about for inedible. Uh, we're at about 144 different attributes, you know, and, and, and so that, that's a lot of information to try to gather about a, a single product. I mean, no one goes to the store and buys, you know, a bottle of Coke and looks at 144 different attributes. So, it, it, cannabis is definitely a different animal um, when it comes to that. And I think we're, you know, where the industry needs to go and where we're trying to go is trying to simplify it, yet provide accurate and comprehensive data around each of these products so that consumers can go as little or as deep as they want to in their sort of uh, journey and their purchasing decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just um, with that, that word attribute out there, um, would an example of that be you know, the terpene profile or cannabinoid content. Yeah. Like, you know, it'd
1: be like, you know, what can, you know, what cannabinoids are in there specifically for an edible, you know, you actually have, you know, the, the makeup of it, you know, whether it's got sugar and shellfish or, you know, that kind of stuff, as well as, you know, everything from THC, CBD percentages. Yeah. It's, it's all of those different sections of the, of the, uh, almost like the the back of the label on the cereal box.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it just um, makes me think of, I guess, brand development uh, at the same time as maybe a source of consistency or as, as you put it sort of data normalization. If you have, you know, the rise of cannabis brands, as we're seeing over the last couple of years, um, that just provides a more familiar template for the consumer. You know, it's not, um, it wasn't too long ago that, it was sort of uh, the consumer experience was little more than weed is weed, and, and that's pretty much it. And now you're starting to see uh, brands develop, and some of them are crossing state lines, and, and some of them are expanding into different product categories. Um, so that's, I mean, it's sort of a broad question, I guess, but is that, is that a trend that, that you and, and the Weed Maps team are watching this sort of idea of brands rising to the forefront and, and giving consumers something to really, I guess, associate with?
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, brands. Brands for us is um, it, it very, it's, a, it's a major part of our, our ecosystem and our platform. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting to think about brands from the perspective of you know three. Or, you know, I, I believe that you know at least in California, right? From my personal experience, you know, you go to a dispensary four years ago. And, you know, it was pickle jars, right? Big jars and you open it up and it's flour, you smell it and all, all that kind of stuff. And then, then the regulations around packaging came and I, I feel like it, it helped uh, bolster the brand presence because, you know, very complex packaging laws and comprehensive, right, ultimately led to, uh, you know, having, having something in a box that you can't see and smell the product inside of it. And obviously that box gets a a, a brand and a branding and, you know, all the marketing that goes into that, which, you know, then builds awareness and affinity to, to the consumers. And so, you know, having witnessed that sort of firsthand over the years, you know, I could see how that, as that trend sweeps across the nation, how, you know, ultimately the, the most consumers will, you know, understand their affinity to their cannabis product will be through brands, you know? Um, and so for us, you know, what, what that, what that means, or, or one stat, I guess that that's pretty interesting and, and um, supports that is 54% of consumers have a favorite brand. And so I think if you live in a state where you, the packaging laws are already, you know, have been in place for a while, that, that feels, it feels pretty pretty right but somewhere where that's probably you know m- maybe further behind on the on the regulations in that that space that might seem like really foreign like the foreign concept and so for, for us it gives us you know confidence that our brand offerings and you know our the things that we provide uh, brands in in terms of weed maps and our wm technology offerings you know are the right things to be offering, right? So we're trying to ensure that brands have an outlet to reach consumers and build their their brand awareness on the Weedmaps platform, and as well for consumers so that they, when they go onto Weedmaps, that they're seeing the brands that they expect to see there. Right, I mean, it, 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 no no different than any, any other industry, right? If you're, if you show up at, at 7-Eleven and you don't see Coke or Pepsi or Dr. Pepper, and <laughs> you would be very confused. I, I think we're we're in that era now where, where that's becoming the norm.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting to see these brands differentiate themselves from one another, of course. And you're seeing some are going in the direction of, of top shelf. Others are becoming more of a value brand. Uh, of course, you know, these exist alongside each other from from the same business and, and product manufacturer in some cases, uh, but it's really giving the consumer a choice. You know, no longer just an eighth is an eighth, and it's the same price across the board. There's now uh, some real interesting financial differentiation. Um, are you seeing that kind of uh, maybe price point uh, helping to guide consumers in their educational journey, so to speak?
1: Yes, definitely. You know. Um, um, it's it goes without saying that price sensitivity in the, in the space of cannabis and, and really any any goods these days is, is very top of mind. Um, you know, one, one stat that's fairly interesting around that to me is, you know, 27 percent of, of cannabis consumers do not want to take the risk of wasting money on on buying a product that they might not like. It's mm. so that's a fairly interesting um you know, stat in in from my perspective, right? And and it's it it, it definitely weaves into the brand affinity um, part of the part of the conversation because you know if you're used to buying something from you know your favorite brand, you, you're probably likely to try you know a slight variant from the same manufacturer. Whereas you might not be as likely to go and you know try something completely brand new from a different brand, you know, and I think that's probably similar to other you know industries, other in the the, the CPG world. Um, so you have that that going on, and then you have you know for us we're we're putting a lot of emphasis on uh, our deals platform and our deals offerings. So you know we're trying to make sure that that we you know working through our um, all of our all of the brands that are on our on our platform as well as all the retailers on the platform, we're trying to you know provide the mechanism for them to uh, be extremely competitive on price and discounts and you know make sure that dis, you know deals and discounts are are very prominent on on our marketplace. you know that way consumers can feel confident that Look, you're going to get the best price for this particular product here right and and the, the the better the discounts and deals are obviously the the more the more brands can be competitive or emerging brands can you know work on winning the hearts and the minds of of new consumers who you know may not want to spend full price and take that risk you know as as said by 27% of consumers out there but you know at, at a discount, you know, probably more likely to to try, you know, a, a competing brand or or maybe a different category altogether.
0: Absolutely, and you know, having a suite of of technology available at customers' fingertips uh, makes that even easier. Of course. Well, Justin, it was great getting a chance to talk to you today. I really appreciate you joining the show and and covering a lot of territory there. Uh, not only you know. Adjacent to the recent Weed Maps report, uh, but in, in such a, a comprehensive way as well. Um, so, certainly appreciate you uh, joining us this week.
1: Thank you. Uh, definitely uh, um, was was great to chat with you, and, and um, look look forward to talking again so sometime soon.
0: And that's a wrap on another episode of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Justin Dean over at Weed Maps. It was great to get a chance to just sort of dig into some of the, the data and insights that were recently pulled together in that report that Weed Maps dropped last week. Again, we're going to be sort of digging into it from different sides. You can follow along at CannabisBusinessTimes.com. It was really great to uh, set a foundation here with Justin and just get a sense of how Weed Maps approached that data and how we can think about the changing cannabis consumer experience as we head into 2022. You know, a lot of these trends are if not here to stay, at least having a very long-term impact on how consumers interact with different industries. Cannabis is not immune. This is a theme that's been emerging every now and then in a lot of these Beyond the Show episodes, something that we want to bear in mind as we head into next year and as we look ahead to Cannabis Conference 2022. So with that said, looking forward to some more conversations along similar lines. We'll see you next week, Beyond the Show.